Fuck you, buddy. They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Admit I was a clone to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. But a bye 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 in Tuscany, it was 37 degrees, it was ridiculous humidity, and I've done absolutely nothing. Ah, oh, excuses, excuses. I'm not, I'm not even attempted to make excuses. <laughs> I'm not even attempted. I'm pleased, I'm pleased, because it would be insane for you to go. No one else was running. and if no Did one, they have a treadmill? No, they didn't have a treadmill. They had, we had a pool, which was all right, so I did a little bit of swimming, while also not trying to do so much swimming I could be accused of cheating. You could have, you could have done that thing in the pool where you aqua jog. Oh, that old people do. Yeah. Uh, the aqua jogging, yeah. Or, or the thing is about aqua jogging and the speed of my running, those things are very, very similar in pace. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, um, you can get topless. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it, about right now that, like, the heat's out and everything, like, the amount of people that decide that, that it's acceptable to go running topless. What are the... So this is interesting, because last Tuesday, for the first time in my running career, I went topless. See, the thing is, I, we, 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 this is extreme weather. I mean, the fact that you're even going running in, this, in the weather at the moment is, is crazy. So I think in certain circumstances, it that's fine it's just sometimes you know it hits like 20 degrees and there's a little bit of sunshine out and it's always the same people literally just any excuse to get a top off yeah yeah well, well that, that's the thing I would, so i was actually a track which for me makes it even trickier because you are essentially with people you know and you're forcing your well your horrible it, body upon them is it, surely that's better surely it's better with people you know um, and you're not forcing it on such strangers. I think, like when you, like if you're running a marathon with a group of people, like what's it called, in like a big city marathon, and someone's got their top off. Yeah. I think there's all there's all that element of no thanks. Let's. So, are you saying that you, it's impossible to flash a friend? Uh, <laughs> it's never impossible, is it? I don't think <laughs> impossibility is anything to do with this. It's not. It's not impossible to do a lot of things. Whether it's suitable or not is a completely different question. <laughs> Go on, so, so, what was, so come on, like, what was the reaction? Because I know that your, your rippling pecs and abs <laughs> uh, are something to behold. So what was the, what was the reaction when you, I mean, you I mean, slipped off your vest? Obviously everyone else stopped because they were just so overwhelmed by, uh, by attraction. Um, but no, there were, there's, there were people who were already topless, but being tradi- very traditional British that, you know, that I am, um, very sophisticated, um, <laughs> I... I always, I just feel too embarrassed about, I, I, I just don't think it's right that people should be going topless, no matter what. Um, unless you're at a beach. If you run at the beach, I think you can get away with it, but not if you're wearing trainers. But I was six reps into the interval and it was insanely hot. 
there are already a few others who are topless, which potentially... I, the thing is, you have mitigating circumstances. I think, I think that's perfectly acceptable. It's still not acceptable, but it's more perfectly acceptable compared, you know, relatively. I think it, you, having done, what, six laps and then six reps and then, um, and then the heat getting too much, especially in the weather it is at the moment, I think that's acceptable. I'll tell you what, though, it was unbelievable. It was so wonderful. I felt free. I felt, ah, I I almost want to do it every week now because the difference between wearing a top and not. Really? Oh, my. I mean, I don't know if we should be saying this because it's going to encourage bad behavior from the do batters, uh, which which Um, it's going to encourage. Is it going to encourage no ordering of vests? and and merchandise which is perfect so let's let's promote skins as much as possible and just get people to lipstick bbr on their chest so the new the new bbr nipple tassel that's the uh, that's what we're going to push next it's the only thing worth wearing oh, to hide your dignity the thing is now you've said it someone's gonna do it <laughs> Who are we putting our money on? i don't know oh i don't think um, and we'll we'll all have to see it that's the problem but the difference between having, if you've got a technical top that is getting quite sweaty, it becomes very clingy and hot. Yeah. And then suddenly being free of that weight and where you're just constantly, your sweats are instantly evaporating all over your torso and you feel so much cooler. Oh, it, I've been... I've been won over, I think. The thing is, that, that's fine and everything, but I think when, you are, when you're someone who has bits that jiggle, the amount of, well, you know, the amount of self-consciousness about that, oh, I just, I don't even want to think about it. I think, I, let's stop talking about this now. <laughs> but welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Do you take your top <laughs> off? And if do, don't come running near us. I think, it, see, it's in America, you see like these yeah. trail runners, like, uh, like Timothy Olsen and, and, and people like that, and they've got their top off and they're, you know, they're running in these trails out in the open, you know, across, you know, these huge, you know, big expanses. Hey, that's perfectly fine. You don't want to step out of your local co-op and then have someone running past you then. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, and, and to be fair to the Americans, they don't have a queen. They've not been taught how to be a gentleman. They don't understand proper etiquette. They don't. And so they're just uncouth. They don't know better. They're, yeah, they're, they're akin to criminals. Well, they are. They're rebellious criminals in many ways. Exactly. And so you'd exactly. expect that sort of behaviour from them. Anyone that rejects tea rejects tops. And to be fair, I much prefer an American to be wearing as few clothes as possible when they're coming at me because you know that they're not armed then. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and it's, that's, it is normally better in that situation. Yeah, it's the only... Maybe that's why they do it. Exactly. Exactly. Clever. Clever. But, um, so, what you, so what have you been up to now? I've been doing no running. What have you been up to? There's been... Well, I haven't been doing a huge amount per se, but there's just there seems to be so much that's been going on, and um, it's quite hard to know where we are in time because <laughs> it, it's not David. It really isn't. It's difficult I mean, to know the chronology it, of these uh, of these uh, episodes. I mean, I've I've got to say, after have we been doing this for three years now? Or is it two years? It's two years, isn't it? Two years. Two years. No, I think it's. I think it's coming up to yeah okay it's coming up to no it's coming up to three years no yeah I think so and and so I'd kind of hope by now that we'd actually be billionaires very billionaires <laughs> indeed <Yeah. laughs> 
been hoping that every day of my life. <laughs> Billionaires, no bigger, big, bigger than Martin Yelling. What, what is the, what is our, what is our end game here? I don't think we've ever discussed it. We never. That's we, to be fair, we never thought we'd get more than five listeners. To be honest, <laughs> three and, of which um, we related. And one day we will. One day. <laughs> but, um, the I, I thought by now we'd we'd actually be getting better, but for some reason we've had a complete breakdown in ability to communicate with each other to understand dropbox to upload to download to coordinate and so we've got i think five episodes ready to go we think in some way no, no this is not this is not this is not a breakdown this is just one thing and one thing only it's your refusal to own a mac that's what it is if you'd have had a mac all this time every, when i was recording the episodes on the mac everything worked perfectly all of a sudden we get a dirty PC involved, and it, everything goes to shit. <laughs> I've seen that film, Dirty <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Governor. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not taking the blame for this, because I think uh, Ali Bailey is Ali Mack as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's just a breakdown in... Um, well, so many issues, but we we've already discussed the European champs a few weeks ago, but then that went anyway. <laughs> but we dis- we discussed it, but you didn't hear it because we haven't got the recording anymore. So yeah. we have discussed it. It's but currently you missed out. This this is the most exclusive conversation you could ever get. <laughs> it's been filed next to the um, the Catherine Ryan episodes. <laughs> They're back to back episodes yet to be released, but um. Yeah, I mean that that is something that it's a few weeks old old now, but I think for some of our listeners, quite a lot of our listeners, they probably won't know anything about it. Yeah, because, because that was what we were saying, wasn't it? it was the fact is I knew there was controversy and I don't know anything about OCR and I was seeing loads of people on the on the uh, on my timeline and my newsfeed and everything like saying this is ridiculous and I saw that you know Jonathan Alban uh, cut uh, one of the, one of the courses he was doing halfway through to say he's not doing it. So so yeah, so there, I, I knew there was controversy and I don't know anything really about OCR. Well, but interestingly enough. I was talking to someone oh, the last few days. I've, I've been drinking heavily this week, so I'm going to try and remember who it actually is. So since, since the thing we didn't record, well, since the thing we recorded that we didn't release, we now have even more information, so we can Ooh. come at it in a new way. So for the listener that doesn't know what OCR is, obstacle racing, um, something that I, I used to, to know people who did, um, and at, at times did myself, but the OCR champs, supposedly the best people in the whole of Europe competing for, I'd imagine, reasonable prize money. Um, and you get a short distance one, 3K. You get a, and those tend to be fairly obstacle heavy. But the idea is you're seeing people just smash through obstacles as fast as you can. Um, it's all about fluidity, beautiful to watch. Um, and then you have the longer run, the longer race, which about 10 miles and that's a combination of carries and elevation sometimes water depending on the country but this year europeans uh short courses first traditionally so john album um undefeated world champion i think he's won three or four world championships um and when he wins he wins comfortably uh he was he was on the short course he got about halfway round. And he just stopped and sod this. This is too hard. 
I'm going to save myself for the long course. Then only one woman finished the short course. That's crazy. Yeah, unbelievable. And, and typically what happens on a lot of the OCR courses is you um, you can attempt again and again and again. Um, because toughest have changed the, the way people think of it, now you sometimes get a fast lane, which is technically difficult, and a slower lane, which is a bit easier. Um, but you might then have to run a lap. But also you then have a, a retry lane so that if you hit an obstacle and you're in a later wave, you get one attempt at a clean lane and then everyone's queuing so it turned out from being a race into people just trying again and again and again and you know if you finish you're second in the whole of europe you've probably won substantial money um and it um, unbelievably insane so uh, it was ross i was talking to ross has said the reason why they've done this happened is because the European champs thinking, let's, I don't know if the idea was money or if it was because they're trying to involve everyone or because it's easier. They said, let's get um, each country to do one obstacle. And typically, when you think of obstacle racing, the ones that are the biggest are the rigs. These are the ones that are similar to Ninja Warrior, where you have a huge amount of upper body and because every country was trying to show off yeah. their, you know, their, um, their best apparatus, they all brought rigs. But because they wanted to be the best one, they made the hardest rigs possible. So instead of having one rig, sometimes you might have two rigs. Um, if it's the world champs and the long course, you might even have three rigs where they've actually thought about the different styles of rigs and they've just made sure that they've balanced out the different muscle groups so that you're not completely shredded. This was eight or nine rigs in a 3K course. Is that unusual then? That is, that's triple the amount you typically have, but also they were all the hardest rigs of their country. Surely, surely they, th- this would have been really obvious um, that was what was going to happen when they made that suggestion that people cho- make the choice. That that it is if you are thinking about these races from the right mindset, which is how do we get a really good race, or how do we make a fair race, or how do we ensure that people want to come back and actually finish, and so we can then fund the European champs. But a lot of people, it's and e- even at the end of this, people are saying, if you're not good enough, you shouldn't be out there. And that's still their viewpoint. And even though only one woman and, and some of that, like Karen Kostler from uh, she's Swedish. She is she is my OCR female crush. She is so good at obstacles. It's insane. And she was completely heartbroken because she couldn't finish it. And I don't think she's ever gone to a race. And you know, she's someone who can do flying monkey bars in her sleep. Um, and so to have that, and then it came to the the long race, and um, more controversy. They went out hard again. John, doing well as you'd expect, comes to the final obstacle. And with obstacles, it's it's always quite hard to to know exactly what to do because you might not have seen it before, and there's no chance you're going to get around every single ten mile course and look at every obstacle in detail and remember every single thing. So, so they're not so they're not standard. 
No, there's no, they're all, it's completely fluid each time. So you, basically, when you're go, if you're the uh, the leader in a race, mm. you literally are having to react to what it is while you're going through it. Yeah, and and that and that is what uh, that was what was great about obstacle racing to start with because it's really fun if you're running around a course and you suddenly see something and yeah. you think, what the hell is that? How am I how am I going to do this? And and now that the sport has developed, there are more standard obstacles that people know. They practice, um, and, and quite simply, a lot of the obstacles now, if you put them out there five years ago, no one would have finished them because you just wouldn't have known what to do. Yeah. And you need a chance to practice, and even to a certain extent, to ensure that you've got the right grip strength and um, and actually work in the gym on these things. So, John came to the last obstacle, and they normally come in a set. He climbed over a cargo net just climbed down and the last thing was to pull a rope until it until it's tight so it's from the ground you pull it up and then you swing across so this is the type of thing that you'd see in a child's playground you know that easy um so john kind of came along looked around stepped down on the floor and because he touched the floor and that's against the rules of the obstacle he then had to go back to the, the start of that set of obstacles, at which point um, the person in second place caught him and overtook him and won by about a second. So I understand for one, you know, yeah, John had broken the rules, but then at the same point, what are rules there for? They're to stop people gaining unfair advantage. They're to stop people cheating. They're not just to confuse people when they're clearly um, trying to do the right thing. Um, but it turned out that John had crossed the start mat later than the person who won. So actually John had won by about a second. But John being John, who's too nice for his own good, then said, I think this race should be won on who crosses the line first, not on chip timer. So I'm going to say the other guy wins. And um, I think in the end they shared the prize. But when this is someone's livelihood, I mean, it's, it's just a complete joke as a, as a sport. And it's something you could see coming for years. And who's going to return to do the European Championships next year? There's certainly no women. What's the point? Yeah, that's incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah, so so they sort yeah. of they sort of shot themselves in the foot then by trying to appeal to the well to get the dollar. Um, they've turned it into something that well they're going to lose out next year because no one's going to want to take part. Well, I don't even know if they're trying to get the dollar this year. That's the thing. I don't know if they just hadn't thought it through or if they thought this would be really nice to get one country. Because this 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 whole I mean I suppose this goes back to this association thing. That there's no standardisation of what a, a, a an obstacle course race is supposed to contain, or the, mm. the the amount of obstacles and types of obstacles as a as a proportion of mm. of the course, and that's obviously this is what happens when when you don't have those those sort of standards. And I can see you know why you why it's quite good sometimes not to have those because it means that you know you can't practice for it as much and you you don't you know what to expect and it has that element of um, you know, huge variation between races, but actually, mm. it then results in situations like this where, where it goes far too far the other way. Yeah, and and you've you're trying to an association in theory. Everything it it exists for is for the good of the sport, and I can't see how anyone now 
could enter obstacle racing. It's so ridiculously hard. Didn't um, you predict this? Didn't you predict this a, a couple of years <laughs> ago on your blog? Yeah, well, yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, it's it's the whole... It's, it's, well, it's, I guess it stems from a couple of things. One, people just can't accept that doing an obstacle and doing an obstacle quickly are different things. And it's easy to do... Like, doing something that's easy very quickly can be very hard. So... Running the 100 meters in less than 10 seconds is insanely hard. Running the 100 meters is not very hard. Um, yeah. And 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 that to me is is where they've lost their way because monkey bars. Yeah, most people can do monkey bars now, but there's a huge difference between someone who can do monkey bars by you know having to rebalance each time and someone who can do flying monkey bars. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah. I, something well for the it was an innovate article actually about three four years ago where you could already see that the races were struggling to well trying to outdo each other by trying to be harder or tougher or bigger and this is the inevitable consequence of that you end up with a race that is too hard for the best people in europe um and when you know people like karen are the best people in the world Uh, john is the best person in the world (laughs) So, um, yeah, you, you've, you've combined that with the fact there were two new races and that, um, they, the races have been closing down and like, well, there's going to be no obstacle race racing, um, future really that I can see. It's just becoming too split and too elitist and yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, but if you compare that to nuts, the nuts challenge where, you know, you turn up and you'd done some practice, but really you were going in there as as joe public yeah and you you got around three laps nearly four laps and that's that's how it should be yeah yeah you can see that can't you that you can you know um yeah you've got to have the element where it's like with any racing isn't it you've got to have the element where you can still get um uh that the the element in who are just you know, either doing it for the first time or they don't necessarily have to do like an immense amount of training or you know not necessarily winging it but there has to always be that element of being able to bring them into it and being able to have some participation but if you do something where even the most elite people who do it full time can't complete the course yeah what is the point yeah and and you can see I mean, ultra running, the top end of that is becoming a bit like that, I think, where people are just making races do ridiculous. But the difference is that with ultra running, you're limited by the distance and, and you get paid money. You're the good the good people do the shorter races, really. Some of the, uh, like, there's some, like, big records that are now starting to, like, fall. Um, you know, especially, you know, after, like, Camille has taken a load of those records. And did, mm. do you see um, uh, Killian? Uh, doing the Bob Graham round. Ah, oh, unbelievable! There's something, there's something so uniquely British about it, the Bob Graham round. That you just don't expect anyone who's not British to run it. I just don't know why. It's like you just have the name Killian Journey and Bob Graham in the same thing. It just doesn't sound right. Or even to know about it, it it's one of. It seems a. It's like a yeah, it's like a local hero type. Even though it is internationally renowned, it is like a, a you know. I, I I still have this picture of. You know, um, this this wizened um, uh, uh, sort of club runner, uh, fell runner, um, you know, setting out 
um, after his, you know, sort of a pub lunch to just go up and do the Bob Graham round and, it, you know, just like whip it off in the middle of the rain and everything in order to, in order to do it. I still have that idea of that's what, that's what it is rather than, you know, something that people abroad will come and do. Yeah, I, I guess, is it? Foot in the uh, feet, yeah. feet in the clouds has feet probably popularised yeah. it, but but in my head even that wasn't an international book. Maybe it was, but I just assumed that that would only be really of interest to to UK runners. Um, but it's I, oh, maybe embarrassing is the wrong word, but for him to have beaten it by an hour <laughs> is insane. But he is he is like the like the best um, at that that style of running isn't he and and with that that amount of like elevation and um and so you you kind of expect if someone's going to do it like that if if i had gone and done it in an hour i would you know without spare then that would have been embarrassing but if he does it i mean but yeah a whole hour an hour is a long time given that they people were it was stood for 20 years people have been saying that no one's going to break it um possibly ever and well, I guess because Gideon, uh, Killian, sorry, had so many good guides, that then means there's no real home advantage necessarily. Yeah. Um, but speaking to people who know um, the Lake District well, I mean, the weather has been so dry for months relative to how it is at oh, other times. Unfair advantage, you're saying then? Yeah. 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 You've got to do it. You've got to do it on a wet and windy December evening but you, you've been up on the lakes where there are times you're running and you are just sinking into um marshy water the lakes are bullshit no nowhere should you climb for two hours to then find yourself waist deep in a bog That's, <laughs> I, I mean like it defies all geology it's what how does that happen it's the yeah. it's the weirdest terrain ever but especially i think he'd raced the week before a hundred mile or something crazy big as well which i don't know how he gets to that level of strength but people have been saying that some of his descents he just tore up the rule book yeah and you i mean if you, if you listeners if you don't know much about the bob graham listen to our interview james appleton who talks about its history he talks about running bits of it and his intentions of it at some point going for the winter record but it really sounds like you need to know how different sections of um, of the course work because you need to be able to run the right lines um, because that there's hidden paths almost on yeah. the fells that if you know them, you can suddenly hit these smooth arcs where you can just run flat out without the worry that you're going to suddenly fall over or turn your ankle on a, a little, um, little bit of bush or... or a little mound whereas Killiard some of his descents he just went right off the sides of insanely steep descents which no one else had really thought were possible and so if you do something like that um I mean I, d- I don't know how he knew he could do that maybe maybe he just saw them and thought that looks all right or maybe he'd actually done some proper research that's what i'm not sure of but when people were seeing it they're like wow like this is this is a game changer because if you think if you if you essentially fall off the side of a mountain that saves you quite a bit of time yeah so i mean i don't i can't remember 
how does the Bob Graham round work? Does it you you have to hit hit certain peaks and um, there is a there's a or, or is it an agreed route? Because the thing is, just thinking about running along some of those routes, there's such mm-hmm. variation. I just like yeah. I'd like to I'd like to I'd actually I'd like to go up and do a section of it, um, not, a, not a speed or anything, but just to see what a section of it looks like. Um, Although if see, you've run just, in the, you've probably run some of it already. If, if you've run in the Lake District anywhere, you yeah. because it's something like sixty-seven or seventy-four peaks, and how you get to them, I think, is up to you. So while there, there was, there's no set route, but there's there's almost a set um, perceived best route. Yeah, depending on who you are, but then some people will change it. But some that's that's a strange thing is that. To change a route when it's, you're not a local guy, that's really weird. Yeah. Well, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's what it requires outside view. I mean, the the, the conventional wisdom is to is to is to follow the route that everyone else has done. I mean, to knock an hour off it though. Yeah. I need to look yeah. at it in more detail. I need to look at it more detail. But that's that's incredible. Yeah. And my only worry now is that because he's shown the new way. He's got the skills to do the new way, but does that mean there's going to be a lot of runners who are now attempting to do say, these insane we, descents? Yeah, I, I, in in conditions that are never like that as well. So you've you, it's yeah. picked a time when you've got a condition where it's um, it's it's you know I mean like the fact that the yeah the weather's been like the way it has. Um, yeah. yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's because it's crazy. Oh, yeah, I mean, I just like to see. Or is it just going to make show people that um, there's a there's a there's a new standard now? That's the thing. It's, so many records just keep getting broken, aren't they? Like, like the the, the in the last, I don't know. I, I I should have looked at this and plotted this before mentioning mm. it. But you know, how many how many like records and stuff, how many like time barriers and stuff have been broken in the, say the last sort of 10 to 20 years compared all the time before that. Um, and it's, it's probably cause it's the, the age of professionalism. Yeah. You haven't had full time ultra runners. So there's obviously huge changes in, in science and in sports in nutrition, um, in understanding physiology, but still you, you, the difference between someone 20 years ago who lived in the lakes, who had a full-time job, and kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were a bank manager during the day, and they had a family of 12, and then they went out and did the Bob Graham round at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah true. while they were picking up the tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the way back, on the way back from, uh, from the shops, yeah. It's like, um, have you, I don't know if you've talked about this, but um, it, this reminds me a lot of... Um, uh, it's a documentary on Netflix called Valley Uprising about the ascent of El Capitan and um, oh, what's the other one? Is it Half Dome? And Tonight. yeah, and it basically it talks about you know the the, the rise of um, uh, the, the rise of uh, rock climbing. It, it weirdly mm. it talks about it with the exclusion of European climbing. It just talks about it in terms of American stuff. But yeah, it, it talks about the first time someone tried to climb El Capitan and the fact that it took like like 18 months or something um and then it compares it with the, the you know the guy that does it today like with no with nothing um uh you know just his hands uh, and no yeah. nothing pinned in it takes him what two hours or something um and it's it's kind of like i don't know it it, it seems like it's it, it's kind of like that um 
the speeds, the, the the ability to negotiate that sort of technical terrain, um, uh, and, and yeah, and the temperature, of course, with yeah, with global warming, all helping to to do that as well. Oh, so do you think that's the future? Just wait until everywhere's bone dry. Do you, maybe do you think is Trump? trying to break records in the, the states it's like the yeah, long game this yeah this is going to be the uh, the bob graham de Saab after a while um because <laughs> it's just it's going to be like sand covered uh, sand covered uh, peaks i don't know i think so i think so that's the that's the that's the intention but the thing is it is you know weirdly whether um whether you believe in climate change or not and if you don't you're mad um but it's going to certainly like temperatures are definitely rising in the UK. Like we've, we've just had the hardest thing. And so that's going to be, um, that's going to have effect on, on the type of running and, um, the quality of running and, um, you know, the, the, the amount of time in a year we're able to, um, spend, um, running in a higher temperature as well, obviously. Um, but that's going to have a massive difference on, on performances. Yeah, and not necessarily just performances. If hopefully, if it's nicer, more people will be outside. More people will be running. More people will be happier. More people will be thinner. Ha- more people will be. If everything will be wonderful. If so, you're saying if you're constantly having to be beach body ready, then you'll be constantly healthy. Yeah, this goes back to the shirts off, isn't it? This is what's going to happen. <laughs> you're going to imagine at some point in the future, you're going to be doing Bob Graham round shirts off. That is that yeah. is when we know. That's when we know that it's it's hit the like, the high tide mark. <laughs> but um, to go from kind of good news to bad news, Ooh. I've um, I how many deaths do you think are accepted? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! What? Come on! How many deaths are acceptable? No, no death is acceptable. So I've got to be careful. What I say it because I was basically at Ride London, um, kind of helping Cliff Bar, who I obviously love and would never want to get them into trouble with an event they sponsor. But um, <laughs> this sounds like but, it's but going then, to do exactly that thing. Wait, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute! You said you were helping Cliff Bar. Didn't I see you dressed up as something? A Cliff Bar. <laughs> You've got a Cliff Bar outfit. Yeah, they imported it especially f- from the states for me to wear. So, uh, oh my god! Oh wait, it was minute. nice actually. Was it? It wasn't on the hot day. It was on the day it was tipping it down, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on Saturday where it was pretty. Actually, the, the weather wasn't as bad as the Friday or the Sunday. But um, God is telling them something. We've got <laughs> this beautiful weather all year, and and it, it rains on the day that they come out, then that, that is, there is a, there's a message there. But go on, but sorry, you were, you, were, you, were, you, were, you were about to say something extremely litigious. Well, I, no, it's not really litigious, I don't think, but they've had, I'll just quickly make sure of what, what the latest details are, basically. My understanding was, though, that someone died on Leith Hill and um, someone else had a heart attack. And it just seems that, Nearly every year, someone dies on Ride London. What? What is Ride London? So Ride London is. Didn't, the, didn't this thing? Wasn't this the thing that you always used to coincide with um, beerathon? And that's yeah. what effectively cut the beerathon um, course short. They moved, They had to move Ride London because um, <laughs> the power of the beerathon. Essentially, they they couldn't have the the routes overlapping. 
and um you know what's what there's that's no true way though can... that's true they have they did move it didn't they yeah we've been the same weekend yeah. every every year but um yeah it it just seems that i mean you you do get deaths in the london marathon and, and I, was, I was talking to claire about this because it just seemed that Ride London had more deaths than London. And, and we looked at it, and, and London has one every three or four years on average. Doesn't the um, London to Brighton race has deaths every year, doesn't it? London to Brighton cycle, bike ride, I'm sure it does. Ah, oh, interesting. And so, I mean, I've, I've looked at, I mean, this year there's, there's definitely someone died, maybe two, um, as did someone last year. And it seems that people are, someone dies most years. And I was just wondering what 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 number of deaths is acceptable? Because it's as a percentage. So how many people take part in in Ride London? I mean, a huge number. I I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to guess. But I mean, London, for example, London Marathon is forty three thousand or so um, that register, and then I don't know how many actually run thirty five to forty. Um, I wouldn't have thought Ride London's quite those numbers, but. There's got to be a point when you think this is happening every year, and is it is it worth it? That's uh, well, it's not going to be not going to be the same amount, is it? So as a percentage, it's not going to be thirty thirty odd thousand people, is it? Cycling, how far do they have to ride? Got to run a hundred, so cycle a hundred hundred miles, and um, and I, I don't know whether it's because it's easier to to be drawn into feeling you can do a cycle race because you can stop easily yeah. you know you you can freewheel a lot of it you can draft people um you know the intensity can be very low because you just use your momentum so i don't know wh- whether that means that people going into this go into it not seeing it as big a challenge as something like London Marathon where you know no matter what I've got to physically move you know actually run the the 26 miles all by myself okay so it says on here on the Prudential Ride London site FAQs a number of rides 25,000 so it's a lot so it's a lot but as a as a percentage so how many yeah as a percentage there there are less incidents in say London Marathon yeah yeah far less and and you're you're really looking at what a, a four in a, a 40 in a million death rate for ride london whereas london marathon you're looking wow i don't know the numbers off the top of my head but you'd be looking at um a probably an eight in a million so there's a huge discrepancy so a hundred so how long does a hundred miles take on a bike um probably about five hours for some very good uh pretty good actually no, less than that oh, no, I, I don't know i don't, <laughs> I don't like enough <laughs> less than that let's say three hours three and a half hours three hours oh really okay yeah um but yeah i i don't i mean i'm not i'm not saying it shouldn't go ahead at all um well tell me, if you want to say if be... you want to say that then i'll back you 100 percent well, I think in overall, in the impact it has for the health of the country and for raising money for charity and encouraging people to Oh, to don't get. use the charity angle. <laughs> hey, Jimmy used the charity angle and he didn't do any good. No, no, I, 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 know, what you, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It is, it is, exercise is a good thing. Yeah. and Participation sport is a good thing. 
Yeah, um, but I'm just kind of posing the question almost. At what point would they say maybe we shouldn't do this? And I don't think they ever would. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, knowing that race. So, for example, if that started happening in Park Run, mm. like if people started dying, yeah, because the thing is, as it, as it gets to a certain like critical mass, there are going to be people that turn up who are just going to collapse for no, yeah. for, for perfectly natural reasons. Um, that no, you know, and I mean, at a Park Run, there's you know even less. Well, not there's actually not a huge amount of checks in the first place, is there? I think you just got to fill in a medical form or something like that. But you can't control who's coming to to things like that. So. At some point, when something gets to a certain size, you're going to have a higher incidence of that of those uh, of, of, uh, possibility of death. So, what is the what? What, what about on OCR? Do, pe- do people die on OCR? Yeah, they, they have done. Is um, that through like falling through things, or is that just a um, an exhaustion injury, heart attack type thing? I mean, the, the thing is that the big races are very good at hiding it. So, <laughs> hiding it? Yeah, it's in hiding it from the press. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that you don't actually find out. I mean, the, the OCR, you get a lot more injuries. Yeah, well, yeah, you can, uh, you can imagine that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've not known of... I've not personally known of someone who's died, but I know it has happened. Yeah. And you you do get a lot of freak things, even with the, in, with the, the injuries. that You just can't make it completely safe no no of course, of course not. Uh, you can't yeah i suppose ocr doesn't, but, that doesn't have the profile does it and so a death in an ocr thing um won't what well, it isn't being looked at it's like ride london and london marathon they're going to be looked at you know clo- very closely scrutinized by yeah by by that as well ocr tends to attract the whole angry Angry people that have never done a, a bit of exercise, doing some exercise, realizing that actually they got a bit of mud in their mouth and now they've been sick a bit and so has gone to the press type thing. They tend, that's what OCR tends to get. Then there's, yeah, there's always there's always like someone going, Oh, I did tough mudder once and no one told me that I'd have to climb up something uh, and I could have died. I keep, I I've seen like I've seen a few of those. Yeah. There's always things um, like that with OCR. You know, it's never it's never a death. It's always just an angry person who didn't really understand what OCR was. Yeah, I mean, talking not going from complaints to the reverse. I've uh, so we can now announce Bad Boy Running is on Instagram, dun, taking dun, Instagram dun. by by storm. I must add, potential. Well, well Ali well, Bailey's well, doing yeah, it. <laughs> that's it. That's why it's <laughs> taking it by storm because we're not managed. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing an incredible job. And, it's um, good. So, it's good. I like. It's a good. It's a good angle to take, and we're going to feature do badders. Um, yeah, it's really fun actually because you get to know everyone a little bit better. Yeah, she's put someone there. Who I have no idea who they are. She didn't even say. She hasn't even said their names in it. I'm like, she knows them, and I have no idea who they are. I get, I'm looking forward to find out who they're. Or she's used their like um, their handles and stuff, and I've got no clue. Ah, uh, okay. I think I've known everyone so far. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. 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 But. Um, I'm sure that won't continue forever. But if you if you do have any photos of yourself in a do badder top hey. or bad running top, tag us in, and then we'll reshare. We'll feature you. Oh, absolutely! Uh, uh, yeah, like there's going to be that many. Actually, it's been has been great seeing so many people at races in in uh, BBR tops, um, uh, vests, and everything else. It is. It has been properly, properly great to see. Um, and we are working on getting some more of those people. But no, is that have we found the sign of success here? is when we don't know who the listeners are. When we see people on that Instagram <laughs> feed and we don't personally know them, we're like, oh, 
someone beyond that is they know us yeah that's it could be a positive in that the the, the listenership's grown to the extent now that we don't know everyone or it could be a sign that we're out of touch or our, even <laughs> we're our own just listeners senile yeah <laughs> we're just old we did you did know them that's your wife but I've, I've been on instagram trying to promote caffeine bullet and i've got to say i do hate instagram why um, Surely it's just, perfect for caffeine bullet. You've had, I, I I like your caffeine bullet things. I I just find it so soul destroying as a medium. Why? Uh, I, I it's it's just a me it's me 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 everything is well, me me me. That's me, the me, whole me. of social media. I think less so on Facebook. I find because Facebook's about well, Facebook you can have groups, can't you? You can have groups and stuff, and so it's. It, I mean, like, I, don't, I, I find it difficult to post stuff in my, in my newsfeed and pro, my updates because I was like, I, do, I don't really know what to post anymore. Mm. So, but if I go in a group, if I go in like the BBR group or something like that, it's much easier to post stuff then because you, you're, you're all laughing at stuff like cyclists or, 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 or Lee. Um, whereas Instagram it is, yeah, I suppose it is. It's just about you. It's just about the feed, isn't it? Yeah, and it's me, 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 follow me, follow me. I'm great, I'm going great. So I found someone who um, they have put on their Instagram profile that they are a race for life winner. <laughs> <laughs> Which is their big. And it seems to be people have this what, obsession. in seriousness? In seriousness? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, which I, I mean, amazing. But it's, it's amazing how many people put how many half marathons they've run or what their 5k time is or you know how many ultras and it's, it seems to be very much the way that you you have to give your credentials of exactly how much you've done or exactly how fast you've run or on there um which i just hate i, I think it's dreadful it's I, I think people i don't know if people are trying to be informative or if they are just saying this is how good i am look at me um i don't know i suppose it's just a way the thing is um it's difficult now now isn't it like if you there's so many different types of races people do so many different levels of it you sometimes it's i don't know if you have a conversation with someone who's just run their first marathon compared with an ultra runner who's done like 200 ultras what mm. say? Do you have conversations that are a little bit too basic for for one or the other, or what? I I don't I don't necessarily think you should, but is that what the thinking is that um, I'm telling you all this so that we don't have to go back over the old ground and you just you just respect me and uh, you know we can be friends. Yeah, I don't know, and it it just seems to be people trying to well objectify their bodies for the sake of getting a few clicks are you out on your long run currently isn't the podcast a great way to help pass the time as you meander along all by yourself but boy isn't it lonely you're so far from home and already pretty tired have you no friends that wanted to join you for your run of course not you absolute loser why don't you just sit down on the curb, have a big cry, and think about what you've become? Back on with the show! 
But wait so a minute, I, but, but the thing is, the thing is, it should, it's perfect you, because like, right, so I'm going to do some promotion of Caffeine Bullet here, and, I'm, and I expect some kind of royalty, uh, <laughs> or, or, or some kind of sponsorship thing. You've got some brilliant, like, uh, like, results. Like, you have, like, that is gold. Like, the, the amount of people going, oh, you know, show the picture of, like, their Caffeine Bullet thing and say, oh, yeah, you know, PB, PB, and you've got loads of yeah. those. So surely that works really well in your favour. It does, except I, I think that's because I'm always trying to think of what do I, what do people want to actually see, and I think that's quite boring to look at. No, it's not at all. It's not at all. I think you have to remove yourself. Right, so we're going into we're going into marketing mode here. So just bear with us and everything. You have to remove yourself from from what what the customer uh, from what you think and think what the customer thinks. If you are if you're someone who is chasing a PB, this is going to be like the most valuable thing for you to have and you want to keep seeing that you const you and you constantly need to be reminded of it as well and so while you're you're thinking oh i'm posting this this is boring i'm just posting the same thing again and again and again yeah that's a message that they want to keep hearing and you need to keep reminding them and it needs it sort of like chips away at them after a while when they you know when they're struggling to get that pb and they're not getting it uh and you're you're, you're keep on flogging them. that horse you're going to keep flogging that horse because the thing is when you do no because the thing is for a start it works doesn't it that's the thing it works and so you know that when they eventually do uh, purchase, um, they're going to be you know, hugely appreciative. They're not going to remember all the time that you were flogging and, and pissed off. They'll be you know, delighted that, that, that your product helped them do that. So that's, that's ideally what you need to be doing. I forget about that. I just keep, keep banging on the same thing about PBs, about beating your PBs, about um, you know, running the fastest you know, that you can possibly run. And, and that message will, will totally get through. Because I've had um, I've had an influencer who who tried out the caffeine, but I probably shouldn't be saying all this. On the and they died. Are you going to say they died? <laughs> <laughs> they were doing Ride London. <laughs> oh, oh no! But um, they they did say they had a sensitive stomach. They went out. They ran a five k PB and then shat themselves. <laughs> so part of me is thinking, this is great. <laughs> Never PB, but then no, what cost? And I think we've just, thankfully she she had said she's always had a sensitive stomach, so it wasn't the fact that um, she can have everything except caffeine bullets. Well, but, it's like well, it's a choice you make, isn't it? It's a choice you make. You got your PB, but you shat yourself. I, how much? Mean, how much do you want it? Maybe that should be our new phrase: uh, <laughs> caffeine want? bullets, because you can wash your pants, but a PB is for life. <laughs> It's like PB, I mean. or def, PB or DNF, PB yeah. or shat pants. <laughs> but suddenly it seems like it's and. <laughs> with this, with, it is, with this it's not one. optional. It comes, it comes as, a, as, a, as a pair. But j- just for this poor self, so, uh, if you haven't had caffeine bullet yet, it, it won't definitely make it's, you pee your pants. It's, it, it's, it's basically shat pants roulette. So like every tenth per, it's like you need to do a product recall. Every tenth person that takes a, a caffeine bullet will shit their pants, but you just don't know what batch you're getting. Oh, so tell me about the. You should no. Oh, this is totally tell you what you should do. You should basically create caffeine bullets that are premium, that are basically double the price, but no different whatsoever, and promise on those that you don't shit your pants. <laughs> How much extra are you charging? Just 10p double, more. double. No, double, because you, people would just go, well, I really, really want to run a PB, but I don't want to shit myself. <laughs> what happens when they then do shit themselves on the premium one? You just go, it's a bad batch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Or, but, or you put an emodium in it. You just you just sellotape an emodium to it <laughs> and say, take this. That would work. <laughs> yeah, or you just push it in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Did I tell you about the race that Pete was planning, uh, Pete Ruiz? No. So he was, at one stage of my school, was trying to think of viral videos to help um, kind of kickstart their media coverage. Yeah. And the idea would be, um, and this was something we we discussed and then fleshed out in a pub. Um, so <laughs> you start off by, um, you all drink a bottle of laxatives. Oh God. No, 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 no challenge should ever start with that. <laughs> <laughs> or end with it or any, I mean, and, um, and then you'd all be in, um, like slightly different kits, but one would be in like t- cricket whites. The other guy would be in you know, really tight, like a white one more onesie morph suit all that and then it's just a case of who can get furthest oh no before it hits oh that's awful <laughs> which would be amazing to see that wouldn't be amazing that is awful <laughs> see I, I was going to ask if you wanted to join we were looking for competitors but well, well I, I know it... well we're doing i'm doing beerathon on on saturday so what i might do is i might I might do it with uh, G-Law and uh, Chris Ince, but not tell them that we're doing that challenge and just give them some <laughs> laxative in their, in their beers. I mean, you've got my, they've, they've signed a waiver online. So I, I, I don't know if it specifically says that, but I'd imagine somewhere in there we can hide it. <laughs> Retrospectively <laughs> add the laxative clause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the good thing is they're doing the double as well. So there's more time. Do... There's more, they're going to have to run around with shit all over them. <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, talking about the beerathon, um, we discussed this on the now infamous episode the Catherine ryan slash um previous discussion of the european world champs episode but um the beerathon's being trolled it's it's being negged by real buzz what so um i don't know if it's intentional i hope it is intentional because it would be amazing and and for those of you who listeners who haven't heard of real buzz before it is a uh an online Oh, go on. Be, Fit, be careful fitness, here. Fitness lifestyle website. Clickbait, clickbait meister. Yeah, absolutely. And and they, it, it's, it writes loosely about running, sometimes by some of the top marathon runners in the country, sometimes by people who clearly don't understand anything to do with scientific testing or even have any logical sense. So they'll say things along the lines of um, don't eat um if you want to run a marathon PB, don't eat a huge bowl of broccoli for breakfast. <laughs> in fact, someone in the group shared a new one that they they uh, yeah. I think Ali Ali shared the things not to, things not to do on the on the start line, or things that oh, go that... through things things that go through uh, people's heads on the start line. Oh, that's a different one then, because uh, oh, Jonathan Gil- Gilroy posted that there was a. It says things don't not to do when you're running a marathon and one of them was don't shower <laughs> what during the marathon that's a big good piece of advice don't shower don't have a bath don't brush your teeth that's a that's a, I mean, that's a good piece of um good piece of uh, advice it depends if you've been taking caffeine bullets you might want to get rid of the uh <laughs> you know <laughs> sorry i shouldn't i shouldn't be uh taking the bits out you're of my own product, your own product <laughs> 
It doesn't make you shit yourself, Pete. What you, need make to do, what you need to do now is get people to go, got a PB, didn't shit myself. That's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be like the new catchphrase. But there was, yeah, well, we're going to move on, we're going to move on. But there, um, there was some new research that showed something to do with when you wash, it gets rid of, in fact, I can't find the article now. Um, oh, my and they'd God. Extra- they'd extrapolated this to then say, so therefore you shouldn't take a shower before you run a marathon. Even though we've done, there's been no scientific research, there's been no uh, peer-to-peer <laughs> testing, it's purely because we've read somewhere in a really bit r- badly written um, puff piece that this is a theory and therefore we're now putting it in amongst our actual advice for running a marathon. So um, the thing that Ali showed was the te- top 10 uh, thoughts that you might have on the start line of a race. Um, so quickly dismissed um, uh, those and uh, D Badders came up with uh, some of their own suggestions, which I thought were quite <laughs> good. So uh, I am so hungover. That's a good one. I need a drink. That's an obvious one. Um, I wonder if anyone would notice if I had a roll up. <laughs> this is one that's very appropriate to some of us who are less organized than others where is everyone i thought it would be busier oh (laughs) (laughs) why do oh no someone's like um i wonder if there's a pub on route what's the name of the netflix drama that i need to watch that's a very very important one how many caffeine bullets have i taken this morning shit trail or road shoes too late now Um, i've done that before i wish can i (laughs) someone's written this can I have another caffeine bullet and not shit myself again? <laughs> Who was that by? Who that by? <laughs> Andrew Gwilym Robinson. I don't know Andrew Gwilym Robinson well. <laughs> and then they've, and then they've gone, Hellard promised me this was okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets weird. Um, would I rather fight a horse-sized duck or 50 duck-sized horses? <laughs> I imagine that's Pete Faulkner who said that. No, it's not. Um... Why do we say something was a near miss instead of a near hit? Why is no one else running naked? Wow, <laughs> these people are taking this a bit too f- serious. God, I'm hungover. Uh, I've put in one there. When will Lee Stuart Evans send me a race plan? Because it, it, that's normally when I, that, when I receive a race plan for, for 100 mile or something, because Lee's come up with it about 10 minutes before I'm about to run. Surely the main one would be um, Ali thinking... Why did I, I not have enough reception to do Facebook Live <laughs> why, throughout why, the whole of this do, race? Do I, need, do I need to do my 18th Facebook Live right now? <laughs> but um, So Real Buzz did an article which were the, along the lines of the top 10 um, re- fun races to do or the top 10 kind of, uh, wacky races to do. And then they they were trolling me because they didn't even get the name of the race right. They put the beerathon in, but instead they called it beer belly running, yeah. which means that no one would ever find it. Yeah, I don't th- I don't think they're trolling you. I think that it's just pure shitness. Okay, I don't think that's trolling because I think if you could you could do a much funnier troll by calling you David Hollard or something like that, or Daffid Hollard, or or something amusing, you know. Uh, rather than get that that name wrong that's just that is just a bad bit of journalism and and typical of what we've come to expect yeah absolutely um so um moving on to a a do batter he's just posted have you seen richard palmer's video that he's recently put on facebook no. 
it's amazing. So Richard Palmer does some of the the hardest ultras in the UK. Um, right. Ridiculously crazy, wacky. I wouldn't surprise me if he ends up doing Barclay Marathons at some point. But he posted a video, which is from Snowdonia, where all he said is, uh, this is my running technique. And it's him running at quite a pace towards a a style. (laughs) (laughs) He just keeps on. He's not quite falling. But for some reason, like every rock, he just slips on slightly. (laughs) Everything he does, he's just got zero balance. And it's amazing to watch. I mean, I don't know how he manages to to race without breaking an ankle. Oh, really? It's like he's the. It's just he's on the edge the whole time. But but it's not quite on the edge in a a way that you'd expect. As a, I'm flying so fast, like I everything's out of control. It's just more <laughs> slightly haphazard. Than, <laughs> quite endearing I'll, I'll, I'll get him to post it in the facebook group it's really good um, but to me as well that sums up most of our trail running we think we're killing journey but actually we're just lucky to get through it <laughs> yeah, we're lucky to still be on our feet yeah we yeah. all think we're killing journey and actually we're we're like a slow uh, cheese rolling festival uh participant <laughs> um i'm trying to think what else to move on to oh and and other news, bad news. Oh, really bad news. Um, let me try and think. What, why is this going to be bad news? Um, changing the face of running. Changing the face of running. As in, it's being infiltrated by the last person you'd want to be taking over the sport. Uh, so, oh, what? But, oh, that could be so many people. <laughs> So Ironman have just bought the Ultra Trail Australia. What? Yeah. What do you mean they've bought it? They've bought the race. Well, they've bought they've bought the the terrain. Bought the rights. Bought the in in the same way. Um, I'm trying to think of a another race that has been sold on. Yeah, um, that just doesn't that doesn't happen that often, does it? It's pretty rare. Yeah. But I mean that is a a huge move and and also potentially could completely change how the sport is if Ironmen suddenly decide they're going to start putting what? on trail what? series yeah but I suppose it's a different market to, to, to what they've got isn't it because like none, no one that has an Ironman is, it can run properly so but they, it's not going to be not much crossover yeah well I, I think you would get a lot of the Ironmen athletes wanting to do ultras um, but Will it mean that suddenly it's normal to get tattoo tattoo for your ultra? But even three hundred pound race entries because Ironman are so expensive. And are they gonna? Is it gonna change oh, I the see what you mean. structure? Yeah, because it could quite easily do. As soon as you get a race that's charging three hundred pounds that people are paying money for, then all the other race directors think, well, why would I only charge sixty quid? when clearly I can charge 100 quid and just spend £3 more on a bit of a nicer medal. Isn't that, isn't that the general thing, though, like with insurances, with uh, like all, the, all the costs related to it, with, the, cost that, uh, with them, the fact that local authorities are saying that they can make a lot of money out of racing this, that we're going to end up with any, any sort of longer race, city race, things like that, they're just going to end up as like prohibitively expensive. 
Yeah, I mean, potentially. I, but then it, it, I, I think it. You're not hearing about the insurance from all the race directors. I think it's only some who are using public roads and a certain style of of events. Um, but I, I'm not a good example because you know my races don't have any insurance at all. So <laughs> I've got no insight into the actual financials of it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't know. The thing is, um, the thing about Iron Man, I, I don't know how Iron Man works out, but at least Iron Man has a kind of structure, doesn't it? They're mm. really good at a structure of, um, you know, everything has to work within certain parameters, and there's a hierarchy as well. There is a hierarchy of, you know, you know that where you where you end up if you keep, you know, you win certain championships and things like mm. that. And well, so, Iron Man's a product, really, isn't it? Yeah, than a yeah, race. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. So what is that? Does that mean that there might there's going to be more productization? I mean, I don't know. Is that is banding banding races together? Is that going to be the new thing? Like, well, I think they're trying to do that already. So when I was talking to John Alban, they're already trying to create, and I, I think Solomon were were the big driver of it. But at the moment, so if you think of the you know who is the best ultra run in the world, if you ask that question. A lot of people say Killian Jornet just because he's probably got the biggest profile. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at the world rankings, he's not rated number one. And, you know, he did the UTMB. He didn't win it last time. Uh, he's won it the same number of times as, I think, an American guy who should know the name of, but is probably equally as talented. And the issue is you, you have a few crazy big races, for example, like the UTMB. Yeah. But it's such a hard race. And it's so variable on the weather. Yeah, and, yeah, and, exactly. And also, you a race that hard, you can't go into it each year in good shape. You know, it's, it's going to be hit and miss on base, everything else going well. And so, do you really want to have to, if you've got that, but then you've also got uh, Western States and you've got the Sky Races and you've got the Trail Running World Championships and all of these big ungrouped events as you say and you almost want it to be like the tennis where you've got the atp tour with grand slams and then you've got the masters and then you've got the satellite yeah and so um john was mentioning how they're trying to attempt that at the moment and the the sky race that he he recently won um about a month ago i think that he he'd won in the past as well they'd really upped the weighting of this race because they were trying to use that as being one of them in a series with other races that weren't sky races. And so that I think is already starting to happen. Ironman maybe are, are looking to do the same thing. And I, th- I think Ironman doing that would be good in some ways, but my fear would be the power of Ironman and the money behind them and their marketing strength would then mean that they could like, damage a lot of the other races because they'd want their races to be seen as the the main one. They'd want their tour to be seen as the main one. And suddenly you end up, if you want to do a good race, you're going to have to spend three, four hundred pounds. Or you're going to have to then qualify for this. Or And it, it could actually have quite a negative impact on the sport. Yeah. And I don't know if there's necessarily much we can do about it other than don't give your money to races that don't deserve it. Um, 
Yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? I suppose if you're competing, I, I suppose that's where I suppose it's where the money follows as well, doesn't it? Like you know, when the like in terms of like triathlon and stuff, because it's so structured. Mm. Yeah, you know that there, there's going to be a certain level playing field in terms, you know, the things like weather and all that does affect you, but not as so much as like you say, like UTMB or Western States or or things like that, where it can it can effectively stop you racing, can destroy a race. Mm. um for you personally um and you know and still with those you you still have to have you still have to overcome all the all the challenges that come with it um not so much um necessarily on a um on an ironman because you know you're cycling on on road you are running on um on hard surface you are swimming in uh like a, a contained environment even even the open water swimming is is still you know chosen because of you know uh its proximity to the shore and, and everything else um so so yeah it's like there's there's less variables involved i don't know it's difficult i find it difficult to work out how you would like serialize um like the big big trail races and what and what iron man's play is in that yeah and i, I don't know whether you it's know, like the they, evil, it's like you know it's just you know when an evil organization buys something you just think oh you know like when amazon is, bought whole foods and or, yeah, or, or mcdonald's bought pret and you're like oh what's gonna happen or, or say um b sky beast suddenly bought like the wind you'd be thinking <laughs> yeah exactly you'd yeah be, absolutely you would you'd just be thinking oh here we go this is that something something bad is gonna happen here yeah and and i think a lot of especially ultra running for so long its roots have been in like james elson organizers race directors who are doing it through a passion plucky for... amateurs plucky amateurs who yeah. are just basing it around the around the customer rather than a business model yeah exactly i don't think anyone's going into it thinking of ways to to, to get money out of people whereas iron man is exactly that and so um it, it could I mean, it might improve some race standards, but actually, I think the the, the need of, of ultra running is so different to Ironman's, and a lot of it is about that individual care and that individual attention that I just don't think you'd necessarily get from an Ironman. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But uh, to to go from bad news to I, we've been recording for a while now, but this one's from back in May, but. Ooh. An absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Remember Strava Wanker? <laughs> yeah, I remember Strava Wanker. <laughs> so, this guy, he hasn't been called on yet, but, but Kevin Maybe posted in the Bad Boy Running podcast about um, a running segment he'd done. And he's been out clearly doing quite a few segments in his local area. And I'm not going to say the guy's name. But he received a message on one of his runs um, on Strava saying, how about you quit being a loser and trying to sprint segments I set in my normal runs? Grow a set and come to a race if you think you're fucking far. I can keep that pace up for a marathon. Can you? What? <laughs> yeah, so. What's the point? Wait a minute, I don't, I don't understand this. So he's got uh, there's segments of a Strava run that this person's put into segments, and he's going along and he's beating those individual segments of sprints. Why doesn't yeah. that? Per- why has that person broken them into segments then? I know, he's clearly fundamentally un- uh, doesn't understand the principle of 
a segment that is a sprint segment. <laughs> and, and I mean, fair enough. If the guy has set out a marathon-long segment, yeah, yeah, then you're right. Yeah. You should be able to keep that up at marathon pace. Um, but uh, I. But he got so he went after him. Yeah, because I I think he'd lost a few crowns to Kevin. And <laughs> Is so it that serious? Yeah. Well, some some people are so odd and just. I mean, I don't know how you could ever get that annoyed. Um, because surely if you're that quick, the simple solution is to go and run the segment quicker than Kevin can. Yeah. But um, I've been, I was trying to get uh, Kevin to actually reveal more and more details, like where's the route and um, who's the guy, so that we can go out and... Um, and, and properly take down all of his segments because I thought that would be quite funny, especially if we name all of our runs like Bad Boy Takedown and upload them on the same day. But um, yeah, uh, Kevin's too nice a guy to actually dob him into the group. So uh, yeah, Strava Wankers are still out there, still out there, thousands of them. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, one thing that we we haven't talked about. Yeah. Um, for a while, and this is this is yeah, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of uh, new listeners come in, a lot of um, new people join the Facebook group, um, which has been great because it's boosted the amount of uh, ratings we've got on uh, on Bad Boy Running as well. We've now got 131 five star ratings, um, which is great. Um, but we have five one star reviews, and uh, the most recent one, um, I I think is pretty pretty brilliant. Um, so there's two reviews in particular that, that sort of caught my eye. Um, this, this one, which was uh, slightly negative, but another one which starts off being negative and actually is a brilliant example of how some people um, react to, to this podcast. But So the first one. So this one starts off with um, unpleasant crap um, from Pete105. I hope that's not Pete Reese because uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't very subtle. Um, <laughs> this is what he says. One star. Tried listening to a few episodes and find some bits funny, with so much emphasis on piss taking. He's not re- he's not written piss taking. He's written P I five five. I don't know oh, why he's he done that. He doesn't even want to because he doesn't want to say, say the naughty yeah, word. It's puritanical, which is always a it's always a bad start. With so much emphasis on piss taking, without offering recourse, and building a Facebook group of followers trotting out the same rubbish. The real running content and interviews were good. Okay. But Jody in particular is trying so hard to be funny without reason. Oh, you're bringing it down, Jody. I, I did. I, so the content's good, but I, this is the thing. So if you actually look at this in, in detail, what he asks for here, Jody in particular is trying to be so hard to be funny. He should have left it there. So I'm trying hard to be funny. Okay. But then he goes without a reason, which then changes what he says to me. Why would I try to be funny? What would be the reason? So the podcast is funny. That is the yeah. reason. I I think that's harsh for him to give us one as well. That sounds like a three star. If you it ask does me. sound like. I mean, like he's got a problem with me, but he thinks the real running content in the interviews were good. I don't... Come back, Pete. Come back, Pete. I'll try. What what we'll do is we'll do a Pete episode where I don't say anything, or I'll try to I'll try hard to be funny, but with a reason. Perfect. 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 Surely you want like that. Okay, so that that was that was the critical one. Um, but this one, this one's really good um, because it it explains like a little journey um, that uh, this person's gone on. Well, let me have a look at it. Wait a minute. 
All right. This is, uh, it says, Bad Boys and Girls So Bad It's Awesome, Five Stars, by Gwil00001. I started listening four months ago, having entered a marathon and looking for some training advice and tips. I listened to three episodes and learned absolutely nothing useful. <laughs> I didn't understand the humour, in inverted commas, or lack thereof, and it seemed like two blokes sitting chatting about not much, with dubious sound quality to break up the monotony. However, during a very long car journey, I needed a break from my usual choices of humorous or informative podcasts, so listened again. Suddenly something clicked. It's not supposed to be professional quality audio, informative, or even necessarily full-on entertaining. It's a couple of blokes chatting about stuff. Sometimes running related, usually not. Supported by the wider Do Badder Facebook community, supporting each other in some amazing challenges, often raising money for brilliant causes. I recently ran my marathon and smashed it. Information I actually absorbed while listening without realising made a huge difference to my training and result. I'd highly recommend trying this podcast, provided you're not too easy offended. But if you don't enjoy it, don't judge. You're just not the right person to join the Do Badder community. FYB. P.S. While the sound quality is not always perfect, it adds a huge degree of charm to proceedings. Well, Gwil0001, it was all completely intentional. And, and I like what he's saying there. He's saying, if you don't like the podcast, you're at fault. <laughs> it's just you haven't understood it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't understand. People don't understand the hue. I like the way that, I, I think that's great, actually, because it's like coming around to it, coming around to understanding that, I suppose when you first listen to it, compared with the professional quality of some of the other podcasts that um, are available on the market, um, this must seem completely incomprehensible. Um, but um, the fact that you do learn... I mean, like it's the whole accidentally learning shit thing that makes a big difference, which I suppose is a good thing. We have got an amazing community, but accidentally learning stuff, I can't help but learn some stuff um, from doing all the, uh, all the interviews we've done. Um, and I'm sure loads of people, you know, I, especially when we put out uh, like an episode and people were just like, oh, that was filled with that was filled with absolute like, you know, nuggets of nuggets of information. What's going on? Um, but, we, you know, it, it, it's absolutely right. He or she. I don't know. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I'd say it sounds like a slightly autistic uh, username. So I'm going with man for that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, uh <laughs> It's been a bit of a weird episode. If you, if this is one of the first ones you've listened to, we we had a guest who's not shown up, so we've kind of pieced together some sto- stories that we've been meaning to discuss at some point, and hopes that that has somehow created an episode that is uh, is digestible. But well, we basically, yeah, we basically there was a load of stuff that got lost. Um, it's it's the this episode is the equivalent of basically feeling down the back of the sofa and trying to find bits of change. And we've, what we've done is we've, we've pulled that all up, we've shoved it in front of you, and we've said, look, this is what we've got. Let's get out in the open. And now, now we have completely caught up. You've got a clean sofa. We've got Fire. a clean sofa, and we've got, and we've got some cash. But um, do, do let us know if there's some guests that you'd like us to get on the show. I'm imagining after this, there's probably a lot of guests that you'd like us to get on the show, just to ensure that this never happens again. <laughs> But um, do either messages, letters at Bad Boy Writing, uh, bad, bad Boy Running. Bad Boy Writing. We got we got bad a writing boys. group now, creative writing group. <laughs> Ooh, I think well, Ali blogs. That that is an idea. Um, but anyone you'd like to get on the show, or any topics you'd like to discuss, any races, things along those lines, um, we're hoping to get a, a winner of Bad Water on soon. But uh, he, we had a bit of a 
a mix up on timing sadly but do subscribe do uh, leave five stars ideally on uh, itunes make them funny make them super funny yeah absolutely and uh, if there's anything else that you see that's happening running related or not do post it in the group um, we're always looking out for uh, things to discuss on the next episodes yeah we've got some special news coming up soon um where we are going to be talking about our presence at a major running expo it's gonna be it's a it's a bad boy takeover a bad boy takeover i just just think what would be what would be the best thing to happen at a running expo (laughs) (laughs) indeed indeed but um thanks for listening and uh good to catch up again jd see you later man Speak to you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye 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 bye